I hope it was not too technical to whoever is listening. No, I, I hope I it don't wasn't. think so. Okay, okay. <laughs> we even, have, a, we even have a Radiohead reference in there. Exactly. So. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Uh, we're going to go... Uh, last time, we tried to explain a bit of uh, the general uh, headliners of the agave world, what, what was important, a bit of... Basics. Exactly, the basics. And, and, and also we try to erase some, not lies, but uh, legends. Stereotypes. That, yes. exa- stereotypes. <laughs> ex- mis- stereotypes. <laughs> yes. that, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. That exists around the agave distills. Now, this time, we're going to go down the process. For people that like, like engineers in general, they're going to be like, this is thrilling. But some people who find technicality a bit boring, this chapter is, is going to be very technical, but very important to know the process. And we're going to try and do it the least boring possible. <laughs> but I warn you, it's more complicated. I have no doubts that we won't have fun with this. You know, I could just say, you know, you just, just don't cut the plant open and you fill the liquid into the bottle. Is that how you do it? <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. That's what yeah. we're going to try and explain from from the, from how come there is once a seed and afterwards you have a bottle of mezcal. That's the whole process that happens in between those two things. Mm-hmm. We're going to go through. I am happy to do it. I really like it. It's a very interesting and artisanal process. So yeah. I'm, I'm really happy to explain it. So you mentioned in the last episode that there are about 200 different types of agave and 160 of them grow in Mexico. Right. I think that's where we start, right? The plant is the core of everything. It's like the hop for the beer. Exactly, exactly, exactly. If you don't have agave, you cannot make any of these distills. In Mexico, we have this appellation of origins. But in India, they have their own. It's not called tequila because there is the appellation of origin, but they make their their own agave distills. Italians are already distilling agave also because they want to try and see the product they can get. I tried the Indian once and it was not bad. The Italian I haven't tried. I just learned this last week that they're making a new product, an agave distill. Italians are very, very... When they put their minds into something, they can be really good at it. Especially Especially about food. Especially (laughs) if you're going to eat it or drink it. I agree with you. I agree with you. They're very cautious about their processes. So maybe they, they bring up something interesting. But yes, if you have an agave plant, you can make an agave distill. I can imagine. So... This 160 type of plants, Mexico is a big country, they don't grow all in the same spot. Maybe you can uh, explain that a little bit, how Correct. Uh, how that works. The, the, the biodiversity, it's called, goes, I don't know, for each state, but the most biodiverse agave state in Mexico is Oaxaca. Second most biodiverse agave state in Mexico is Jalisco. Those are the two big regions for producing. When I imagine Mexico, like you have, on the north, you have the border to the US. Correct. And it's kind of like almost shaped like a triangle in in a way exactly and mexico city is in the middle of that triangle exactly so where is oaxaca oaxaca you have to go down to almost the tip of the triangle Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so down 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 that's Mm -hmm. oaxaca the tip of the triangle then if you go to the border you will see the sotol and bacanora Mm -hmm. to the border with the u.s so the base of the triangle Uh uh and if you go in the middle on the left side so on the pacific side Mm -hmm. then you have the tequila line Mm -hmm. okay Ah, yeah. So that's that's. It's, it's not that complicated. I think you found a very good way in a geometrical figure. Yeah. That's how I would explain it. Yeah. Yes. 
probably somebody's getting very mad to compare Mexico with a triangle. <laughs> I mean, it does look like a triangle. It does look like a triangle. Yeah. So the, the if you have Oaxaca with the most biodiverse, and then you have Jalisco, also very biodiverse, and then you have other like Guerrero, Durango, San Luis Potosí, they have a lot of agave too. The important thing for the production is, first important thing, reproduction. Because the agave plant has to subsist. No agaves, no agave distills. Some of the plants have the capacity of reproducing through cloning, which mm -hmm. means that like an aloe vera, when they throw a mini plant, identical DNA, they throw a mini plant that grows underneath, you can take it away and plant it. It's really easy. Some other plants don't have this capacity from the agave world. So you have to plant them. You, they, they throw a seed and then you plant the seed. It is always better to grow by seed because if you have the exact same DNA as I explained in the first chapter where there was the AIDS of agave in the years 19, 1990s uh -huh. there was the AIDS of agave it's because if you have the exact same DNA for a plant if there is a, a disease then that disease will affect every plant because it ha they have the same DNA so it's like they, they will go into each plant so the best way would be by planting but it's not the most efficient way. The most popular plants for making agave distills have the cloning reproduction. Some others don't, but the tequilana and agave spadin, which are the most popular, they can do it that way. Then we will talk about sotol, which is a plant that has another, another method, because as we said in the last chapter, it's not an agave. Mm. After seeing this, I would say, very important, when they tell you that you're drinking wild agave, nowadays I would say they're lying. Okay. There is no more wild agave. I would call it laboratory agave. Okay. So they take the plants, reproduce them in a laboratory, and okay. then plant them out in the wild. Okay. Okay. But so they, they help with generating seeds. Exactly. But exactly. What I understand is that you just the last line them up in the field and have one agave plant after the other. Exactly. That works maybe with some, but with others it doesn't work. It right? it, it it works. It it works with most of them, but it's important to understand that the last ones who want the agave to be extinguished is the producers. Of they, course, they, they live from it. So. Yeah. The, the idea of wild agave is a romantic idea to mm. sell more expensive. And if for any reasons you are drinking a wild agave, that's even irresponsible, you know, yeah. because you're, it's like saying, I'm eating tiger. Come on, you don't want to eat a tiger. There, there are not so many tigers, you yes. know. And and as in Nowadays, the wild agave idea is being erased and it's like a controlled agave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, because those agaves don't have the capacity of reproduction so fast and blah, blah, blah. So it's a controlled agave, like Tobala used to be, Tepestate, some of the plants very complicated to, to, to reproduce that were very complicated. Nowadays, they can do it, yes. but they are planted in a laboratory and taken out to the wild so that they grow. Okay. They still need the 12 to Tepestate 20 years. Wow. They still need that, but the human hand is helping. So the tastes that goes into the bottle is basically the plant plays a role. Then I guess the location, the altitude plays a role. The, completely, the, completely. The, the, the soil plays a role and probably the climate plays a role too. Is, is that how it works? Or? Uh, yes, the, the, I, I would say there are three uh, main factors. I would say the plant is number one. It's the star. The region is number two. So what the French call terroir because you can see it in the wine. And number three is the hand that mm -hmm. produces it. Mm -hmm. So the method 
and the guy. So oh, okay. that's why I call it the hand. Okay. The process it goes through yeah. until it's at a steel. That's yeah. also very important. Have you experienced that? Like making mezcal or mezcales in somewhere out in the not in the wild, but in, in an artisanal way? Have you seen? I, I have been to many. They're called in different manners, in mm. depending on the region. In Oaxaca, they're called palenques. And in Jalisco, they're called tabernas. And I have been to tabernas and palenques in yeah. Oaxaca and, and in Jalisco. And it's very cool. Yeah, it's very cool. I it's think you have to maybe you have to explain the details in in another episode because I think it's probably a very special kind of celebration. I can imagine. Yes, yes, we will talk maybe later in this chapter. We talk about the party. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, yes, it's a ve it's a very special. If anyone is interested in knowing this, there are tours in Mexico. You can go. You can find them. Uh later on, if somebody listening to this is interested for real, let us know. I can contact you with people that can take you around for a real ride in. Yeah original palenques that produce very interesting products and i have right now i have right a marketing tip for you because you know you could have said in the beginning instead of going through the process you could have said hey at the end of of this there will be a party and everybody would have been like yeah, <laughs> exactly, <a party." laughs> exactly 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 that would have been the best idea that would have been the best idea no but if i'm going to mexico i want to the next time i want to experience something like this i it, think it's it's very interesting mm. you see the families you see that the industry helps a lot of people which mm. is super important mm. when you're drinking mezcal don't forget you're helping a family in most of the cases it's also important to be a conscious consumer okay to, to know what you're drinking some products are we said it in the beginning and in the last chapter some products are not the best but some products are really helping families and, and they're the, the ones taking care of the plants that's important okay they are they are the ones who have the schools of plants so okay. so so it's and important. they care about it and they don't want the plant to go uh, extinct because exactly. it's their business exactly yeah exactly, so there's exactly. a there's a natural relationship exactly. between the plant and the people who Exactly. Pro process the plant. Yeah. Exactly. So I imagine you're you're a mezcal producer. Now you have a batch of plants that is old enough that has reached like ten years, twelve years, whatever. How do you how do you harvest an agave plant? How does that work? Harvesting is a very interesting process because you need a tool called a coa. So it's a stick mm -hmm. with a round knife. Round like if you saw like like a sickle or. I've never seen a sickle. It's it's a like it's like if it was an arrow, mm -hmm. but instead of having a triangle, mm -hmm. it has a, it has a circle mm -hmm. uh, as a tip. Ah, so a circle tip. A circle tip, so uh -huh. that you can attack the plant in a way mm -hmm. that you cut the leaves, but you mm -hmm. don't touch the heart. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. It, you cannot go through the heart because it's circular. Mm -hmm. So, but you cut many leaves in one uh, swing. Mm -hmm. So it's called a coa. That's the traditional method. Some harvest with uh, machete also. It depends on the region. But to be honest, I have only seen machete and coa. I know there are other methods, but normally it's machete and coa, mm -hmm. the most mm -hmm. popular ones. And I find personally the coa the most efficient tool because with a machete, your hand may go a bit into the plant and if the plant stings you it hurts so because they have the needles they have the needles and it's okay. it do, it hurts a lot so but there is no like when i'm in germany and i see corn or or wheat being harvested there are this harvest there's this machine no 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 you cannot okay it's no no manual no. work it's manual work mm -hmm. it's manual work the, even even for tequila it's manual work mm -hmm. so you have to harvest the plant like this uh take all the leaves away it looks like a pineapple mm -hmm. you take all the leaves away and then the bottom which is touching the ground uh it's the heart of the plant When, mm -hmm. Once you have the heart of the plant, they used to carry it with donkeys. Nowadays, it's always with... Sometimes, if you go in, you can still find donkeys, but they're usually uh, transported with uh, trucks. Okay. Yeah. Most yeah. people 
transported with trucks, it's much more efficient. Of course. You throw it in the truck and then you go down to the palenque. Okay. So and the palenque is basically the uh, the production where, place. Exactly. It's the, like the, the farm the, the, or something. It, 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 so it's usually in their farm mm -hmm. and it's let's say it's the Werkstatt. How do you say that? Yes. The tool shop or something? Exactly, like that? the workstation. The workshop. The exactly, workshop. the workshop. Yeah. It, it's a workshop. So you take, it depends on the region, like I said, machete, coa, blah, blah, blah. You put it in the truck and then you drive down with your, normally it's tons. Once you harvest a plant, a, a plant can weigh from small ones that can weigh like 12, 20 kilos. Mm -hmm. You can go to 300, 400 kilos. The, the heart alone. The heart alone. Uh -huh. It's uh -huh huge some of them they have to be cutted before transportation because even three guys cannot take lift them it. lift it to the boss oh wow so they have to cut it yeah they're very big ones and do you do something with the leaves or do you just let the leaves there the leaves in the past they used to do clothing with the leaves now some companies are doing because it's very fiber rich it's a very fiber rich plant some companies are, are making to build houses how this okay like bricks or something bricks bricks yeah. bricks some uh -huh. companies are doing bricks they still make some clothing out of it but to be honest most of them are not nowadays still not used mm, so natural fertilizer Na basically. natural fertilizer yeah it's it's not waste at all mm -hmm. but they could have another use too mm -hmm. and they, they're starting to use them but mm -hmm. Okay. The it's secret of the mezcal is not in the leaves. It's no, in the not core, at all. Not it's at all. in the not heart. At all. Okay. Yeah, not at all. Do you know how many kilos of hearts you need for like a liter of... of ten. More less. I, I mean, I, I went too fast. Uh, uh -huh. Yes. More or less ten per one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ten kilos of agave give you one liter. That's mm -hmm. more or less... If you're talking in general about all the plants, mm -hmm. that would be the... Some plants the give you more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The ratio. Some mm -hmm. plants give you less, but ten. Let's assume. So we're done harvesting. We have all this heavy hearts in the truck. So now we arrive at the Paquela farm? Palenque? Palenque, sorry. Yeah, and Taverna. Uh, and, yeah, and you Taverna, yes. So what, what happens then? There, the first thing they do is they unload the truck and then they have to cut the hearts, normally into four. But if it's a big one, you could go to eight or 12. And they cut it because it's the moment to cook it. So depending on the type of oven you have, For example, in the tequila industry, the oven they have, normally it's a steam oven and they throw it in and it takes like six hours to cook a big, big quantity and it's hermetically sealed oven. So the, the steam doesn't come out. Okay. And if you are talking about the, also mezcales do it. Some mezcales are also cooked like this and mm. some people criticize this. I don't. There is the other method which is the conical oven. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, an oven pit where you, in deep down, you throw the heated rocks, so volcanic, already heated, preheated rocks. Then you cover it with the leaves there. Yeah, I, okay. I, I, so you cover it with the leaves or a bit of wet, what the horses eat. or uh, Hay. Hay. Yeah. A, a bit of hay, yeah. wet hay, so that the hearts don't touch the rocks, but the heat is there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay? So, and then you throw the hearts... Then you cover it again with hay mm -hmm. and more leaves and then earth on top. So it's like an oven and mm -hmm. they leave it for three days instead of six hours. Okay. There you get much more of the smoky flavor because there is smoke in there. Yeah. Some people adore the smoky flavor. But when I said I don't criticize the steam oven is because let remember we said there are three things affecting the flavor and mm. the star is the plant. Yes. The steam oven doesn't give you 
smoke. So the plant has... So it's more pure. It's... I wouldn't... I don't know. It's complicated. <laughs> yeah. Very excellent opinion, but it's complicated. You know, that's why I don't criticize. I like both. Oh, okay. That's, that's my, my, my conclusion. I like both. So in a way... It's like with ham. There's like, uh, you know, when you go to the butchery, you have the regular, you have smoked ham. and Exactly. So Exactly. Can you tell that on the bottle? So if you buy a bottle, do you know the method, how it's produced, if it's in the, uh, in the steam oven or in the... In, in most serious companies nowadays, mm -hmm. they are giving credit to the way it's made. Uh, mm -hmm. If you buy a trashy product now, they don't, because they don't want you to know the method, but... Yeah. For example, in the products we have here today, they will always name the person who made it and give you the type of destillation, the mm -hmm. type of fermentation, the type of oven, always, okay. always. It's important. Okay. So that it's like reading a menu, you know? So when you go to a restaurant and you see, uh, you want to order this... Uh, Kobe beef or you want to... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And how it's cooked, it's with uh, bacon or is it with champignon? Mm -hmm. There are different ways to, to, to prepare uh, pepper, filet. So there... When you read this, you can you have no idea about the flavor, but you will have an idea of the product you you're drinking. So yes, so that's the cooking process. And you said so in the steam oven six hours in the earth. I imagine a hole in the ground, rocks, some hay, yeah, the hearts, some more hay, some earth. Three days, it's it's cooking in there. It's cooking in there. Are there any liquids coming out or or or? There are liquids uh, coming out, dripping. Uh -huh. Uh, those liquids are not used normally oh. because they're in the bottom of the oven or in the earth, uh -huh. in the oven pit. So they're not used. But the plant is already softening mm -hmm. and the sugars are coming. There is where the sugars are, are, are starting to change mm -hmm. so that in fermentation, they create alcohol. Okay. So the time, we already talked about the time it, between these two processes. And when they are taken out... They go into the mashing. You have to mash the plant afterwards. Okay, that's so hard work, I guess. There is, for example, another discussion that I would like to bring up. Some people say it's much more delicious when the mashing is done by people. And some people say it's delicious when the mashing is done by a, a rock. It's, it's like if you had a compass. Yes. And there is a rock, there is a center, and then there is a stick. And at the end of this stick, there is a rock, and then a donkey pulls it around, or a person pulls it around. And it's a big rock, like if you were in the Flintstones, like yeah. a wheel for the Flintstones. And it's mashing the agave mm -hmm. In the tequila world, normally they don't use this type of maceration anymore. They use uh, machines that yeah. do it. I'm not against that method either, because if you said, no, I like better the method where people do it, I want to see you do it. It's hard, hard work. work. It's hard work. And, yeah. and if you want that, it's a family doing it. It's a lot of time for them. So if they can afford a machine to do it for them, I'm for that. I personally am for that. Some people will, will say, no, I like the ancestral. Cool. It's cool. I personally, I am always for not affect because this is not. It may affect the flavor a little, but not in a, in a negative way. Not okay. in a negative way. It just, it, it's just a more efficient way to do it. And you're helping a family, yes. which in the end is the most important thing. But there are, there are still the methods, you know? Okay. And if you pay enough and the family says, okay, but my product is worth this. this, we will still do it like this. But then you pay the price, then I'm for people macerating the product, yeah. mashing it. Yeah, okay. mashing. Yeah, okay. But let's not forget it's a complicated product. Once you have this, you have this uh, very, f it's full of fibers, sugars, and liquids. Yes. 
then you put it in the tanks. Yeah. So what's the consistency of that? How would would you compare it? What would you compare it to? Like, 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 like pulled pork. Like pulled pork. Okay. That's what. Like when you take from the oven after forty eight hours. Uh, so the fibers pork, fall the apart. The fibers fall apart by themselves. Exactly. And it's, it's a mash. It's exactly. juicy. And, and then it's juicy around. And then uh -huh. and then you you pick it up with a fork and a spoon and the liquid and the pork and. In this case, the agave yeah. and, and, and the liquid, and you put it in the tanks. Some tanks are plastic, some tanks are wood, some tanks are steel. It depends on the on the region, of course. And then that's the part of the fermentation. There is where the 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 magic happens. The sugars turn into alcohol. Magically, of course not. <laughs> uh, but but it began with alchemy, you know. So mm. that's why I say the magic. And there it, it takes, depending on the altitude, depending on the heat, and depending on the yeasts you have around, because some people add some yeasts to accelerate the process and do it in a couple of days. Normally, if you don't add any yeasts and you, you use only the yeasts from the region that are in the air falling mm -hmm. on the product, it takes you eight to 10 days normally. If it's colder, it'll take you longer. Like when you make bread. Same thing. Bread in summer. Very depending on the weather. Exactly. Yeah. You take the yeast, but if you put it in a hotter place, the, the bread will go, will be bigger faster. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the, the, the weather affects a lot. In this time, it's funny because when you are near one of the tanks, they hum. They go like, because of the bubbles. Okay. Ah, so it's so, like, uh -huh. yeah, it's alive. That thing's mm. alive, man. <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you go near, you can hear it hum. It's turning itself into alcohol and it's bubbly. And uh, there, when this process is over, you take the liquid and also the, the fibers out and then you start destillation. There you have alcohol. So in the tanks, so basically you don't add heat or anything. You no, just let it go. You just let it go in there. And it's, uh -huh. it's just... Like if you were marinating the fibers. Yes, your pork. The, your pork, exactly, your pork. Like if you were marinating. As a matter of fact, they're rottening. That's what's happening. Yeah, fermentation. Know? Exactly, like, fermentation. Yeah, okay. They're rottening. Like the way you do chukrut, very similar. You press it and then you leave it. It's very similar. The, the, the processes are very similar. It's just in the agave, because I have had this question, in the agave plant, you can go with one distillation to 48%, even higher, alcohol and some people that know about chemistry they have asked me how do you do it like there is no way with the generosity of the sugars of the agave you can okay. but it's the only one you know mm -hmm. if you take what's the name grapes there is no way you're gonna go that high you need two distillations three distillations vodka with potato mm -hmm. you need you need several uh, several to yeah. clear the alcohols and blah, blah blah the generosity of sugars in an agave plant is amazing okay it's amazing so it's made for distillation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, for one distillation. Yeah. Another thing that's important, and uh, I, uh, I forgot to say before for the regions, there is one more thing that's important for the... When you're talking about tequila, you have to have two distillations. I see, okay. Uh -huh. uh, uh, mezcal, you have to have two distillations. Oh, okay. Okay, two distillations. It's, it's forced, or more, mm -hmm. but more doesn't make any sense because you steal the flavor of the of the plant. For raicilla, you don't. And for sotol and bacanora, and sotol has its own, because we said it's another plant. And bacanora, normally it's two distillations too. Okay. So, so two distillations and... In raicilla, no, you have one. You have one. Not okay. necessarily. You can have two, mm -hmm. but in raicilla, you can have one. And call it raicilla. 
So in Mezcal, you, you cannot have like three or four distillation. It has to it has to be two. You can have three or four. Oh, you can. But have. you you steal the flavor. You okay. make it a vodka. The yeah. more distilled it is, the less it tastes like the plant. Mm-hmm. The more it tastes like the alcohol. So if you guys are buying a bottle of mezcal out there and it's three or four times distilled, you would say, as an expert, maybe you should not. You should not. You should take the one that's two distillations. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You should. Yes. No. There is a new tequila being sold. Very expensive new tequila being sold. I'm not going to say the name, but it has three distillations and it's becoming super popular and it's super expensive. I tried it. It's a vodka. I mean, okay. Mm. It's okay. I like vodka. Eh? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not complaining. Vodka is delicious. Yeah. Some but vodkas... You, you're taking a, but you're taking out te- the, the... Exactly. What makes it special. Exactly. Yeah. You, it's, it's not what I would pay for, for a tequila. And there, there are excellent vodkas. I'm not yeah. criticizing the drink. So this was the, the elixir of the God uh, insider tip for buying... <laughs> <laughs> Very important. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Finally, for the destillation. Okay. We have... This is, for me, the most beautiful part because from having a, 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 this uh, consomme, agave consomme, you are going to have a clear, delicious drink. So mm. there are many types of distillations. Normally, with the tequila, it's the regular uh, copper distillation. Most of the mezcales use the same. But there's, there is also, in the, in the agave world, there's also, you can distill with clay pots. So... If you guys are listening, look for clay pot distillation. Look it up in Google. You will find it to understand what the process is. You also have trunk distillation. You use a tree trunk to distill. Oh, okay. A wooden tree. A wooden tree trunk. Yeah, wooden trees. Yeah. (laughs) You you use wood to distill. Exactly. Not a plastic tree, a wooden tree. (laughs) (laughs) Not a fake plastic tree. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) But the, 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 the result is not exactly the same because we, when, when you have the clay, you can have more earthy flavors. When you have the trunk, you have more, more fruity flavors. And with the copper, you have the purity, you know, yeah. the purity. Some people use stainless steel, but they say copper is king. Okay. If you're going to use metal, copper is king. Mm-hmm. The flavor it, it adds is mm-hmm. king. Okay, so the copper, do you think adds some flavor? Some, some... For sure. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you licked copper? Yeah. Yeah, a penny is made of copper. <laughs> so, yeah, when you were young, for sure. Probably, yeah. When you were young, for sure. So it, it, it does everything. have a flavor. <laughs> it, it does have a flavor. Remember, uh-huh. it, it, it tastes like, but it's only touching it. Uh-huh. You know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, from this, uh, the distillation. How long does it take? It varies a lot. It depends on the fire. It depends on the product. It depends on the sugars. But the important thing is that there, after the first drop, the party begins. So if you're there in the palenque, in the taberna, or the fabric, because in, in tequila it's not, not anymore a palenque or a taberna, it's a yeah. big fabric, also very beautiful too, the party begins. If you're there that day, okay. you can drink as much as you want for free. So, so if they're distilling, you should bring some food because you're going to get a bit drunk. <laughs> so you have to bring your own food to this? Not necessarily. No, if it's the first day of distillation, normally they will even kill a chicken or a pork or something and oh. they will have a mini party. Okay. It's like the Oktoberfest for the beer. Like uh, mm-hmm. we finish the beer and, and, and it's like a celebration to the beer. Uh-huh. It's the same for the for the first moment of their product. Mm-hmm. They're very proud of it and they, 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 will, they will give you food. But also a very important tradition they do. This is more in Oaxaca where I have seen it, but I have seen it in other places too. They say the first drink they give you to your hand, they hand to you, 
you should take it, don't try it, and just throw it to the ground as they give it to you, mm -hmm. so that you share so it. So you empty with, the glass to you, the ground. You empty the glass to the ground, so that you're sharing it with the earth, and the earth can try the product, and be, because they have these myths around the gods and everything, yeah. so they say you should share it with the gods. So the elixir of the gods, okay. that's the elixir. They and that's basically what you give back to the god. You as give an back, exactly, you yeah. give back. And then the second one, you can drink, it's for you. Okay. But the gods go first. I have a question on that. Go, go. Uh, because of the, of the glass. So I've seen people serving mezcal in regular glasses, but I've also seen this little like clay, like dishes almost, like yeah. small flat. Yeah. Do you have a preference on this or, or is there a right way to do it? Or mm, I, I wouldn't know, Albert. I, I, I think there is only one quality I do look for in a glass for drinking an agave distill. First, I like it not to be plastic because mm -hmm. plastic, in my opinion, adds a flavor. Yeah. You can transport it in plastic, but not drink from the plastic. Mm -hmm. Some people do. I. This is an opinion. This is not uh, yeah. uh, the, the word this of God. This is not scientific. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and second, that your nose fits so that you can smell it because the notes you can find in the product. And in the traditional, which we call caballito, in the one they give you to chug it, your nose doesn't fit. That's why they can serve that, these trashy products, you know, okay. because it, it only fits it's your mouth and here. But I like the mouth of the glass to be big enough so mm -hmm. that my nose fits. So and even when you're sipping, you have... You're sipping, you, you have, have some notes coming in your nose. It's mm -hmm. very important for me. Mm. That's okay. a, the most important quality. Ah. Even if it's plastic, just let my nose breathe. Okay, okay. so you can... Uh, uh, Smell experiences with several exactly senses. exactly okay. exactly, exactly. Mm. experience it's a better okay. word okay so but go let's go back to the party so you you had you made your sacrifice to to, to the, the gods. gods is it still warm when you drink yes it? the first see it's warm so it's mm -hmm. also dangerous because it goes to your head a bit faster And right there, <laughs> it's funny because they haven't calculated the, the, percentage. the percentage of alcohol. So it's like, you know, because the guy can tell you immediately uh, with a very precise range, I would say they will never miss by more than two degrees. So it's very precise, but still you're like, this is not, I haven't seen a scientific approach to your measurement. You know, it's, he's like, uh, yeah, I saw the plants, yeah, that's a 48. And you're <laughs> like, all right, man, <laughs> I trust you. Uh -huh. So you don't know very much, but of course they, they're, they're very professional in this. And you're drinking it, they're also drinking it, trying. Right there, you see them really concentrated, like really the first two or three they have, they're always talking about different years. Like if you were in a winery and they were saying this, this tastes like 19, like the 1995 or this taste. Right oh, there, you okay. can see them really talking about the techniques, not the techniques, the, 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 the yearly. So the influence affection. of the year. Exactly. The the ex exactly. Yeah. How much it affects. Yeah, because that, that year it rained a bit more and blah, blah, the year, mm -hmm. you know. But It's more than a year, like it's seven or eight years. So basically, is it... it, mm, it, it the, the, the year they talk about is the year they distill. Ah, so if the okay. plant was planted in, in 2002, this plant, the, the year of the product is the year it's distilled, not the year it's planted. Okay. Because it's when the plant will be most affected, the harvest, how much rain there was a couple of uh, months before, the fermentation, because if it was hot, cold, the moment of the year when they distill so I, i was that's that's interesting to me because i thought so in my naivety i thought okay the taste of all the seven 
10 12 years that the plan has been growing that makes the complexion but of course the, but the, you say maybe it does but maybe the last year before it's harvested is the most important for the flavor or for, not for the plant but we said we have three factors for the plant the 12 years are equally important but then we have the second which is the territory and when you, you talk about the territory in the last year the hand and the process is already the plant is dead but in the territory the plant will be treated in a territory where the palenque is and that affects because of the yeasts specifically the yeast. oh, yes. because of yeah. the yeasts ah. there are some flavors added in the in the air mm -hmm. so in the territory if you have that those same plants growing in this territory and you distill them in another palenque mm. uh, 300 kilometers from there you have you will have a different flavor because of the yeasts so territory will affect a bit more in the last year i would say in the last days because of the yeasts okay yeah understand so what's the outcome of such a batch so how many liters it depends completely it depends okay. it depends it depends on on the the size of the palenque you are for a tequila it would be thousands of liters for a very small raicilla producer it would be that day 50 liters oh really so, yeah so small to huge see the range is impossible to control impossible one more question and i think we should wrap up i think we have covered a lot about i the think so too um i hope it was not too technical to whoever is listening no, i hope I, I it don't wasn't. think so okay okay <laughs> we even but have, it's we even very have a radio important. head reference in there, exactly so. <laughs> if you can find it let us know um <laughs> once you open the bottle the how does this affect so how long can you should is there a time when you should drink down the bottle or can it no. last for years or is it forever is, okay in high alcohol proof drinks it's forever it doesn't have a expiration date no but does it impact the taste so is there something ah, see, of course of course of mm. course of mm. course if you are in the palenque the the guys there will tell you it will taste like the, this is fresh fresh raicilla mm -hmm. or fresh mezcal and then you have añejo raicilla which is exactly the same but 15 days old so that's not an añejo that's not an an old drink it's mm. 15 days old you know yeah. but añejo the first means aged aged exactly. uh, okay so uh -huh. for them and it's true i have tried fresh raicilla and aged raicilla which is only 15 days old and the flavor changes a lot and then from the 15 days the flavor keeps on changing in It is my opinion, but again, I am open to any other opinions. For me, the agave distills, the best way to try it is when it's white. You, mm. you don't put them in oak or you mm. don't age them because the oak will add flavors, stealing flavors from the plant. That's my opinion. But if you, you can for real age the agave distills in glass, mm -hmm. they will remain white, mm -hmm. but they will taste different. So okay. if you have a raicilla or a sotol or a tequila and you save it, Save it like a wine. No sun, fresh temperature, like in your cellar. If you try it three years later, you will say, this tastes different. Okay. For sure, for sure. But still good. <laughs> excellent, 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 excellent. One producer, one producer one told, once told me, this is how we wrap it up. In Mexico, we have this very iconic party. It's when a girl turns 15 years old. Okay. Only girls. Guys, we don't care. Mm -hmm. But girls, they turn 15 years old. <laughs> And they all want a party. And of course. Because it's like, uh, it, maybe it, it comes from when in the old days when they were introduced to the society, you know, when they were 15 yeah. years old. It's grown up space. Exactly, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And they dress very elegant and it's their first party and they're the stars, you know. It's their red carpet. 
And one producer once told me he, when his daughter was born, he, how do you say the pirates when they had their treasures? Oh, he, uh, he dug in. He, he dug in 20 liters of raicilla and he said, I'm going to take this out of the earth for my daughter's uh, 15 year old birthday party. And he took it and the guy told me it was the best raicilla he ever tried. <laughs> for real. I, I didn't try it, but it was, mm. it was. You very weren't at the party. I guess. Exactly. <laughs> I wasn't at the party, but he, it was very iconic that he uh, aged this uh-huh. raicilla after this raicilla must have been, uh, I don't know, from an agave that took him 12 years. So this was a 27-year-old raicilla. So mm-hmm. that must have been a precious product, man. Okay. A delicious product. So aging in the bottle could also be like a sign of quality. But True. But that's not how uh, Mescal is marketed. Some, some brands are. Some brands are. Some brands are. Uh-huh. Some brands are already marketing saying this is this mezcal has been six months in the in glass, mm-hmm. has been aged six months in glass. They, okay. They're starting to do it. It's becoming a thing because mm-hmm. it, it does affect the flavor. Mm-hmm. You just let the liquid relax from the stressing distillation process. Okay. Let's relax a little yeah. bit now too. Thanks, uh, Diego, for walking me through. I was From my side, you said it's technical, but I find this very fascinating because it's the single steps that actually make the taste that you have exactly. in, the, in the end. And what should we talk about next time? Uh, let's see, what can we talk about? I think we should go for the next chapter. Maybe we should address the why one agave can have so many flavors. One same plant, because we said plant is number one of the mm-hmm. three factors. Yes. Now, we are going to go f- and take one plant and we're going to see why I said this, why the other factors affect so much. Okay. And then we wrap up the part of how important those three factors are. And in this next chapter, I'm going to offer you a drink so that you can prove it. Yeah, we should me. get to that. Okay. <laughs> should, okay. That's why I'm making this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. So I, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I'm really getting thirsty now. <laughs> and, and it's not even... Uh, it's it's still in the morning here where we are recording this, but uh, I, I want to try one. And maybe you have already a bottle at home and do the same thing. So see you next time on Elixir of the Gods. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.